actually been playing a ton of Breath of Fire. Ooh, hey, we're gonna talk about some Super Nintendo stuff. So, like, yeah, I is. saw you tweeting about Breath of Fire. Because again, like, because someone else was like bringing up the point. There, it was someone who like really didn't like Link to the Past, and they were talking about how like you know it's held up as one of the best Zelda's, and yeah, like, I, just, I just don't enjoy it. And I like, I'm I'm thinking about like how I feel about Breath of Fire, where I was like. I don't think this is a good game necessarily, but like <laughs> I love it. Uh-huh. Like the first like I don't Ooh. know, half hour maybe even of the game is just so much bullshit. <laughs> and like it's like cool. Like my character keeps dying because there's only one person in my party and I keep getting poisoned by every oh enemy. <laughs> so like I'm always dead. Oh. <laughs> Hey everybody, welcome to Pursuing Pixels. My name's Kevin and I'm here tonight with our hosts Randall Nolary. Hey everybody. And we've got our buddy John back once again filling in uh, for DJ uh, Mandolini this week. John Hines is here again. How you doing, John? I'm doing great. How are you? Pretty good, pretty good. And John's uh, filling in like last, last minute. I texted him maybe about two hours ago. So. We love you, John. <laughs> oh, thanks. And yeah, and, and much love goes out to DJ. He's got a uh, loss of family member this weekend, and uh, so he's dealing with that stuff this weekend and just be with the family. So much love out to DJ yeah, absolutely. this week as well. But we love uh, you, DJ. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Much love. So but anyways, we're we're here to talk about some video games and uh, hopefully have a good time do- <laughs> doing that. It's been a long week on my end. Uh, I don't know about you guys. Yep. But I'm uh, pretty sure. But was. I've had a lot of time to uh, to play some video games. So I've, I'm looking forward. I got a bunch of stuff I'm excited to talk about. So mm-hmm. including some new uh, platforms that I've been dabbling with. So we'll get to that a little bit later. But I think we're going to start things off with a game that Randall and I have both been playing a ton of and yes. kind of unexpectedly a ton of, at least for me. <laughs> Same. I just kind of was like, oh, I, was on, I grabbed it on sale recently. Uh, and the game's called Chasm. Yes. Uh, and this is like a Metroidvania-esque. Um, yeah, no, I shouldn't say esque. It is a Metroidvania. It is. Know, but there's uh, some platformer. There. Yeah, that it is uh, procedurally generated. But I and I think... Uh, I guess just to get right into it, I feel like this game kind of, I wouldn't say it got a bad rap um, when it came out, but it got really like kind of mediocre reviews. It was a game that definitely caught my eye for the art style. It's got a really nice pixel art. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I was just, baffled to see that. Like when I looked today on Metacritic, just because I was looking for more info on the game, it's got like a 79 on Switch and like a 72 on PC. I'm like, what the hell? Like, I, yeah, it, really? it was uh, it was kind of surprising to me as well. And I think I, part of that, and this is just a theory, but... Because it has that procedural generation, I think people, especially with this huge influx of roguelite games coming out or roguelite uh, games coming out, I think people, you just hear procedural generation and you think you're going to get this deep mechanical experience. But really, this is using procedural generation to just give you a fresh layout every time. I mean, I I don't think you're, you're not doing anything in the means of like buying into upgrades that are uh, other than in your like one main playthrough but you know you're not like it's a dying run based it's, procedural yeah, it's not, generation right it's not it's or not it's a, it's, run based. it's a i guess but the run is an entire game yeah, yeah right you can still get no game overs. right yeah. you don't die and then it doesn't reset yeah you save generation. and you just have save points. it just plays like a regular old any other metroidvania game that is not procedurally generated but 
it is going to essentially like I think a lot of the puzzles end up being the same in some regards or like the room layouts are the same, but it just the way they're all strung together is different. So like if you do decide, hey, I'm going to play this game again. It's just going to be a totally different layout. You can't right. just memorize your path, which is pretty cool. For, I think it's yeah. sweet. Yeah, it's oh, something yeah. that I think is uh, definitely a, I'm not someone who replays games, especially like this all that often. You know, I have like my classics like Super Mario World and stuff that I just kind of revisit every year or so. But th- those are few and far between. And I was however, you know, there's so many games coming out all the time. I can't even keep up. Right. Uh, even remotely. So, so right. to go back and replay a game is not something I do too often, but. To know that there's like an incentive to do it is kind of interesting or even just the incentive of like, I don't know, it was kind of fun when I I got stumped on a puzzle in the uh, second area of the game, the catacombs. Yeah. Um, And I ended up looking something up and just ended up reading like a there was like a bunch of debate going back and forth. People like not being able to figure out this puzzle, but it wasn't something I could just like look up. Okay, what's the code to this lock that I have to unlock? It's because even even that is procedurally generated. Really? Um, so even the um, so do, do you know what puzzle I'm talking about? I don't yeah, want to with spoil like the number of swords and number of stars that thing. Yeah, and I, I will say I had a little bit of a tough time with that. I had a really hard time finding those uh, like murals, I guess. Yeah, that sort of t- I, uh, like so. <laughs> I don't again. I don't want to give anything away, but like the they, it almost seems like you're supposed to find these three things uh, scattered throughout this zone of the map. Or this region. They were all in the and same area for me, though, when I found them. Were they They for were for me, too, yeah. But yeah. I don't think they always are. Oh. Um, but maybe that's not the case, because I did see a video online that had that as well. So maybe, maybe I'm wrong about that. But I, but I do know I had a hard time. Like, it just the way it was incorporated into the level, it just wasn't what I thought I was going to be looking for. Which, in hindsight, is kind of cool. But it did... I almost hit that wall of, like, ah, I'm, I, you know, I've combed this area. It's like it was the second area of the game that I visited. And these areas are pretty big. And I was yeah. like, I have combed every possible inch of this map and I don't know where to go next. And like, I can clearly see that I'm going to get some new abilities as the game goes on. Like, I can see that I'm going to be able to wall jump because there's like these shafts that there's no other way you're going to be able to get there. And you can tell you're going to be able to, you know, you get an ability to not necessarily before you wall jump, you get the ability to just kind of like grab a ledge. Right. So now you can like kind of grapple up a a ledge that you couldn't reach before yeah um or scurry up it so it's it's pretty cool it's uh i don't know it 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 isn't doing anything all that original or fresh or anything but it just has a really for me at least i I really like the atmosphere the music's really great especially like the town theme music it's like this like bluesy folksy guitar yeah it's almost like like, kind of melancholy yeah but it it fits and it's yeah it's it's good vibes it just matches the vibe of the game really effectively i feel like yeah, it really, it really, this game just does a really good job of capturing the feeling of an adventure. Like, I feel yes. like I, I'm thinking about it when I'm not playing it. Yeah. And I'm thinking about, like, being in that world. And I find, like I said, I kind of picked this game up as just, like, kind of a, a been playing some meteor games recently, some, like, bigger 3D games <laughs> that I don't typically <laughs> play too much of. Right. Um, like, AAA stuff, even, almost. But, uh but I decided, like, oh, I'll just pick this up and kind of chip away at it and see how it is. And I've ended up probably spending the majority of my gaming time this week playing Same. this and uh, just keep going back to it again and again. And I, again, I'll, it's it's kind of fun. I, I like that feeling of, like, getting stumped and, and really combing these levels and then shutting it off and coming back to it later. And, and you know, you're, something clicks or you just see, like, oh, you know what? I didn't see there was that little area on the map that I haven't been yet. Yep. Um, 
And again, you're unlocking new abilities that are, you know, or you're changing, you're altering the map. Like I just got through an area where you have to like uh, the gardens where you have to open up the these two like waterfall or these two pipes or something. Oh, yeah. Yep. Then raise the water, water level so you can get yep. to a certain area. So it definitely has like all the structure of a Metroidvania, whether you're getting the abilities or just altering the environment to to get around to different areas. But it's it's structured really well. It's like, you know, I, I you know, we talked about games like Hollow Knight and some other Metroidvanias on the podcast before, which I I, I typically don't tend to gravitate towards these games. And I, I even ones that, you know, like Hollow Knight that everybody seems to love. I, I just I don't I don't get it. It didn't click with me for whatever reason. Yeah. Uh, but this this one, for whatever reason, is just I, I keep coming back to it. And it is has a lot to do with that art style. And you're, you're going into these mines and you're rescuing townspeople and they all have like a different thing that they're offering you once they're back in town like there's I the blacksmith that, that you can get too. weapons from oh, nice. or there's um i don't know there's a lady that you get recipes for potions and she you know gives you then you can buy potions from her and stuff and yep. there's there's all sorts of different stuff and you can find everybody kind of has like a hidden like hey if you can find my deck of cards I lost, you know, I lost my deck of cards down there. If you bring them back, I'll give you a reward. And that's another um, gameplay mechanic when you do actually Okay, well, uh, I'd like to hear about that because I have I found the deck of cards, but I've yet to bring them back. Yeah, it's uh, the, uh, if you remember from Super Mario Brothers three, the kind of match two game that it throws you in once in a while, and like yeah. a bonus. It's very much that, but with like a time limit on it, a very like strict time limit. <laughs> so, I mean, they don't really penalize you for not matching things immediately. You can kind of start feeling out where stuff might be and remembering. Oh, the skull was over here, and the potion was over here, and you know, oh, let me. There's the other potion let me match those up um but yeah the the time limit is set up in a way where like unless you're lucky enough to hit a few matches randomly you're probably not going to win that game but when you do you get a free token that you can use uh at his machine uh his slot machine to try and you know get three of a kind to uh to get another hundred gold or whatever huh okay that's pretty cool yes yeah, I've, I've like won the, it one time out of like ten tries. It's not easy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the world the world just feels really alive. Like I really like all these characters. I really like all the you know, I don't I don't read every single like journal entry I find I don't either. top to bottom, but I mean they're they're well written. They're uh you know, they do like nice little things where like key characters or key things in the text are like highlighted in blue or green or you know, they're just they stand out so you can just kind of skim it if you don't want to, you know. Yep. But it but it does it just has a really like genuine sense of place. Yes. Um, that I really appreciate. And and I do think is what keeps me coming back And the, the general like leveling up progression is pretty slow oh. and you're, you know, you're getting all kinds of new equipment, new, you have like a, it's not like a magic, but you have like an item that you hold in your right hand or wh- whatever hand it is. That is more like a projectile, like a la Castlevania, you yep. know? And then, uh, and then your other weapon is just like your regular, you know, either a sword or maybe it's an axe and there's all kinds of different like swing patterns and stuff like that or jab patterns. Have you leveled up any of your magic sub weapon stuff yet? I don't think so. No, that's what you can do with that that spell lady on the, the, all the way on the left side of the, the town map. Okay. I don't uh, know for you. Maybe I've not found her yet. I'm, I'm about a little over halfway through, at least as far as the map is concerned. Okay. I've, I've gone to like four or five regions now, I think. So I've had the mines, the catacombs, the gardens, and the keep. And I think maybe even one more region. I've like explored them very thoroughly. Yeah. And they're and I've st- I'm only about half, 50% of the map is uncovered. So <laughs> 55. So, I mean, this game's pretty, pretty beefy. 
Um, it is one of those two that like it adds to the tension. Um, I, I guess to finish that thought about leveling up, it just seems like it's it's a nice slow progression, but to the point where like now that I'm backtracking into the like initial areas, I'm like I'm one hitting enemies instead yeah. of two hitting them, and it's just slow enough but satisfying enough to be like oh now I can just kind of mow through. But you don't feel like a powerhouse. You still feel like you still feel like you're at the mercy of this world a little bit oh yeah you, you have die, to pay attention you you can't just dick around in combat even though it's yeah. lower level enemies yeah because if you die you're you're gonna go back to your last save point which are literally like just like in metroid or castlevania games like they're actually rooms that you have to find and save in and and that's your last check like no auto saving no right no anything so you got to make sure you know any progress you make you could go you know i, I went through the third area of the gardens probably uncovered the vast majority of that map and without finding a safe oh yeah that can definitely a long time yeah so it it was it it definitely keeps you on your toes of like okay should i and you do find a few food items here and there and you can buy potions and stuff but they're you know the money you everything just feels really well balanced in the the how much things cost and like you can't just rack up a million potions and just like okay i'm i'm invulnerable basically like you really have to I don't know. You really have to like equip yourself and be prepared and be, you know, switch your weapons up a little bit. Totally. Try different tactics. It's I'm having a lot of fun and I I plan on continuing through and finishing this game. Yeah, that's a good point on switching up your weapons, too, because different weapons kind of have different swings, like the big swords kind of have an overhead swing, which is really helpful for spiders or whatever enemies are, are kind of more vertically inclined and, you know, tend to attack from above. Yeah, versus, like the ones that jump around and right. stuff. Yeah. Or, yeah, they can jump over top of you, and it's a good way to get a hit in while they're doing that, versus uh, some of the more traditional, like, human enemies are, are kind of moving the way you are, where you can kind of do that juke dash backwards to avoid getting hit. They can do that, too, uh, where you kind of want more of a spear type of, like, thrust motion, uh, where you'll have to switch to a, a weapon type that does that. So it even forces you to kind of keep a couple different types of weapons, at least in my case, uh, to yeah. keep at different enemies. Yeah, and even using, like, a like kind of, like, little techniques, or I don't know if you did this at all, but, like, you you have a decent delay, but depending again, depending on what weapon you're using, but between swings, like I'm using like just kind of like a standard long sword. I think it's the Felkion. Yeah. Um, and it's just like a it's pretty standard swing, but there's like a you can't do two quick swings like real fast. Right. It's a little bit stronger. Um, but if you if you're in the air and you swing and then land, you can swing again right away. So you ah. can get like two quick hits in if you if you, you know, that's kind of cheesing it a little bit. I'm sure it's just like resetting that animation a I little. I didn't notice that. But uh, but it's a way to get like two quick hits in on a boss that you have to keep kind of jumping over or something. Or um, And some of the boss battles, I just fought a pretty tough, that like golem yeah. or that titan boss I saw, battle. Yeah. I think I posted a little, mm-hmm. little video on that. our Twitter. Yeah, but that was like a, a pretty tough, intense boss battle. It took me a few tries. That was probably the first. Everything up to that point has kind of felt more like a mini boss, like just kind of gating an area. Yeah. Um, that was kind of the first time I got to an enemy that was like, oh, shit, this is a this is a boss fight. Yep. Um, you want to be equipped with potions and breads and anything that can heal you when you get to a boss of that caliber. That's yeah, for sure. And and thankfully, they do a pretty good job of having a usually a close like a nearby save yep. point before yep. there's a boss fight. So definitely worth, you know, hey, I'm going to explore around. But again, even that feeling of like. They, they tease the little boss area with like there's usually like a little wooden pole yes. with like a red flag on it and the skulls before you enter there. Yeah. And so you just know, 
okay, I haven't found a save point. I, and yeah. it's been a while. So like I, before I go in there, like I got to save or I got to maybe even go back to town and buy some stuff or, um, but again, it's not easy. There's no, like there, there's some shortcuts and stuff, but again, because there's no, like you can't just pause the game and fast travel around. It really makes you, again, it just, it adds to that sense of adventure, even though yep. it is a little tedious. It, it, I definitely have felt a couple times like, Oh, I, you know, I've got to run through these corridors again. Like it's, it's a little bit much, but you're always picking up little bits of experience points. And again, but even though you're still backtracking so much, it's just, everything's just really well balanced, at least in my experience yeah, to it, where it, that never really bothered me, the backtracking where it has in some other games like this. And I don't know, like I didn't even realize when I really first played this game that it did have that random world generation i'm like man the level design in this game is good like I'd yeah it does <laughs> it does not feel like procedural generation no. really i mean you might the only thing i'll say is like there's occasionally like something that feels like that was a pretty tough challenge path and then like oh but that kind of led to nothing where like it or nothing like it seemed like you were there finding a, a secret path and then it was just like oh it's yeah. just kind of a random you know, chest of whatever. I'm okay um, with that though. But yeah, it didn't, it didn't bother me in any means, but it, that was the only thing that felt a little bit of a disconnect. That was the only time I noticed the procedural sure. generation, I would say, but, but still like every, the platforming feels really good. Like yes. the, the jump, uh, it's a little floaty and a little weighty at the same time. Like you jump real high and kind of floaty, but then you come down kind of quickly. Um, but it feels nice. It's a good, I think it feels it's a great. good, yeah, yeah, it's got a, it, it just, you can, and you can, you know, variably variable, variable jump heights, you know, depending on how hard you push the button or how long you hold it down. So yeah, it, it just, it feels The platforming feels great. The RPG elements of it feel great and, and very well balanced and just a game that I, I feel like kind of got a little bit of a bad rap, yes. but it's not like this game got panned by any means, but it's just, uh, a game. And again, like, I think we were talking about this earlier off the air, but like, uh, a game that there's just so many indie games coming out these days that yeah. this one just kind of came and went. And it was one that came out, I think, long before, or at least a year or so before on other platforms. And then when it came to Switch, caught my eye and then saw it go on sale for half off. And I was like, OK, I have time to give this game a try. Yeah, man, I'm gl- really glad I did. Same. Um, and honestly, you pretty much sold me on it right now. Like <laughs> oh, everything so you were good, describing John. was like, as soon as you mentioned like leveling up sub weapons, I yes. was like, Ooh, hell yeah. Honestly, cool. John, like- that in particular has given me this breath of the wild type of reinforcing yeah. loop where mm-hmm. I'm going out on purpose sometimes, not even with like the main campaign objective in mind. I just want to like grind to get enough gold and other stuff so I can go back up to the surface and upgrade my sub weapons and yep. maybe upgrade my armor to that other cool armor because I can craft with this other guy because I got enough gold pieces. Like yeah, it's it's real good. I'm, and that I'm town just it. yeah and as you as you find the different people in the town like they just it really feels like it's coming back to life and you're really helping like bring this town back you know it's a yeah, really and, and the lived in part of it sounds really appealing to me too yeah which i really especially after it, it did get the just kind of middling reviews i i didn't expect that to be the case i expected this game to be kind of lacking that overall polish and just be like okay maybe it's fun and it's good at what it is but it but it's nothing special and i couldn't disagree more and maybe that's maybe i just misinterpreted the overall reception from the get-go just like i wanted it to be like this game's amazing and i just kind of heard that's eh, all right yeah but uh i, w- I would lean closer to amazing than, yes than i definitely right. would lean amazing on this and the yeah, other that, thing i wrote in my notes is the townspeople and the lived-in feel kind of reminds me of um skies of arcadia 
if either one of you guys Ooh. have. So like I'm I'm finding like characters like in Skies of Arcadia, you're finding these characters that are kind of part of your crew or live on your island and then they give you these other options. There's like a similar vibe that way and kind of a similar laid back vibe in the way that that like towns area works. So I'm like, oh man, that's that's great for me. So this hit a lot of my buttons, Chasm did. So yeah. good job, BitKid. I'm, yeah. I'm a fan. Yeah, BitKid, the developer. And I th- I want to say it's another, like, one of these really small, if not one-person teams, yeah. like a super small, Very small. Uh, team here. So, yep. yeah, just uh, another great Metroidvania platformer <laughs> on the Switch and on, on every platform <laughs> for that matter. So yeah. I think this game's pretty much available everywhere. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm good to leave it there, though, Randall, if you are, and if you don't have anything more to add. But nope, I recommend it. That's what I'll say. Yeah. Same here. Same here. The stamp of approval. Yep. Nice. Well, uh, well, I guess we can kind of it's not a not a direct correlation, but uh, but again, we t- we mentioned kind of the 16 bit graphics on Chasm and uh, kind of surprise announcement uh, earlier. I guess it was last week, week and a half ago or so. It doesn't really matter. But uh, they just announced kind of out of nowhere. It's been rumored for a long time, oh, but yeah. uh, Super Nintendo games are now officially playable on the Nintendo Switch. Hell yeah. Um, and there was a nice batch of 20 games, just like they did with the uh, NES Online. And that's a, a free of charge, or at least free or included with your uh, NES or with your Switch Online membership, yep. um, which is only 20 bucks a year, which is super cheap. And it's a damn know, just, good value at this point. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It's Tetris 99 and then all these, and then obviously the ability to play online. And again, when you're looking at other platforms, are 50, 60, 70 bucks a year. Right? Right. <laughs> I don't think we ever figured out exactly what PlayStation uh, costs when we talked about that before, but 50 plus, basically. 60, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so we're looking at a, a great value on here and the ability, the added ability to play some of these games online with, uh, with your friends. So, Pretty cool on, especially on a handful of these games that have some great, you know, there's some good beat 'em ups or some good sports games. Oh, yeah. so. Especially the more obscure titles that are oh, yeah. harder to come by. Yeah, or even uh, even stuff like there's a handful, like there, there's a good amount of like just obvious, you know, Super Mario World, Link to the Past, Super Metroid. Not to belittle these games by any means, they're, they, you know, these are bona fide classics. But, uh, but there's stuff that like... I, like Demon's Crest or something mm-hmm. that like that game goes for multiple hundreds of oh, dollars yeah, on cartridge form. So like the, some of these games are hard to come across, you know, if unless you're a diehard collector, you're probably not going to play these games ever. Yep. Yeah. So pretty cool that they're, you know, spreading the catalog pretty a, a good assortment right off the bat. So why don't uh, Randall, I know you've been playing some Stunt Race FX. I have, I have uh, never played that game. So <laughs> I, I also um, even, had never played that game until which is released. <laughs> I would say pretty rare for for both of us, yes. for, or for, I should say for neither of us to have not played a first party um, Nintendo game on Super Nintendo. That is like it's, pretty rare. We yeah. are we are both pretty big retro and specifically Super Nintendo fans. Definitely, so. yeah, definitely, uh, and and me personally, just a big like sixteen bit person so yeah yeah weird that uh i hadn't played it yet but uh part of the reason is this isn't really a 16-bit game uh they use this super fx chip uh it was only the second game that nintendo used a super fx chip with the first one being Star Fox, um and that super fx chip basically allowed them to super beef up the capabilities of the super nintendo uh, allowing for like 3d polygons on a system that had no right 
uh, <laughs> rendering 3D polygons. Um, but honestly, like Super Race FX is pretty impressive that it actually runs on a Super Nintendo. I, I'd say it almost could pass for like an early 32-bit game because uh, it's fully polygonal, which is yeah, pretty it looks- wild. It looks a little nicer than Star Fox at, yeah. at a glance. You know, if you if you're at, for at least a frame of reference, it's like yeah, they're they're smoother polygons for yes. sure. It's not just clearly here are the triangles. And, you know, <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, I think they learned what uh, what they could and couldn't do in Star Fox and applied that here a little bit. Uh, uh, yeah, very. Uh, it's a very niche title as much as a Nintendo first party developed Nintendo game could be. Um, but yeah, it's a racing game. Uh, simplified, you're not getting as many options uh, or honestly as much fun as you're getting out of something like a Super <laughs> Mario Kart. <laughs> but it's interesting, right? Uh, you know, it's 3D. Uh, so you have like three or, three or four main vehicles. They've all got fun faces. Um, they've got uh, like 12 different courses. Um, but the main mechanics are you're just kind of racing against, uh, you know, four other cars uh, there's turbos, turbo boost stuff that you can pick up on the course, uh, to kind of keep your turbo going, which is crucial to actually completing it because it has more of a structure, like an arcade racer where there's a timer constantly going down at the top of the screen. And if you can't hit the next checkpoint or, uh, lap point, you're going to run out of time and y- your game is over and you've only got three lives total. Once you've run out of those lives, it's, it's completely over for you. And for a frame of reference uh, <laughs> of how difficult this game is, I only made it through three out of the four uh, courses in the first kind of like intro set of courses. <laughs> <laughs> I got my ass beat in this game. And that's after like trying a couple of times. So right. like, wow, this is not easy. I, I then realized like, well, okay, I'm hitting too many walls. I'm not using my turbo effectively enough in the straightaways. Um, and as I kind of learned the courses over time, it became a little bit easier. But, you know, because it's early 3D, there's quite a bit of pop in happening where, you know, mm-hmm. at first you're not exactly sure what you're looking at every so often. Um, for instance, like when you're driving in this one level, you'll run uh, up to a tunnel and like when you get close to that tunnel, you can't really see into that tunnel. It's just a black screen. And then it once you go past that black screen, it kind of loads the tunnel in. Yeah. <laughs> so, so there's some of that stuff where like, yeah, unless you have this kind of memorized, you're not going to have a great time necessarily. Um, but once yeah. you do, it's it's really not that bad of a game. It's it's fun for what it is, and you know, being available on this Nintendo uh, or the Super Nintendo online stuff, it's it's not bad. Do you know? Does it have a multiplayer? Do you it know? does. Because that's another one that if it does have that multiplayer, again, these games having that added online, you know, two player functionality is super cool. Yep. Uh, you know, gives the opportunity for again, this is a game that up until recently neither of us had checked out, and if it's like. If you would have been sitting here raving about it, we could be like, hey, let's check it out. Let's <laughs> yeah. play it together, you know, and, and even still, I'm, I'm definitely curious having never played it. Of so. course, because it's available to all of us now. And yeah, it is it is two player. And, and another fun fact is this game was never made available besides that original cartridge form until this moment. So it was oh, never cool. on any of the the eShop services uh, up or until ported to Game Boy Advance or anything like nope, that. Nope. Yep. So. Nothing cool. like that. So 
Uh, and it has a fun soundtrack and it has a fun atmosphere and they add little like cool effects in the background. Apparently like Star Fox makes an appearance later on. So there's little hmm. cool stuff in there. And like there's this bonus game that I ran into where you're controlling a semi truck and it feels like you're controlling a semi truck trying to go through <laughs> yeah. these gates uh, like you're yeah. skiing or something like the the poles or whatever. Uh, oh, like, OK, like slaloms. Or yeah, whatever. yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, and it's really hard. Surprise. So. Okay. <laughs> There's stuff yeah, there. I'm I'm yeah. definitely curious to try this out. And it's it's funny you mentioned uh, like bouncing off the walls and taking damage because I <laughs> I actually ended up playing some F Zero. Yeah, I was yeah, which, uh, say, like, which is also <laughs> available. And with that like breakneck pace, and th- this is a game I played a little bit before. I didn't have it as a kid growing up. I did pick it up when I was collecting. Uh, retro games and stuff and i popped it in played it a few times to make sure it worked sure um and and played it a handful of times as well but playing it now i played through like the first circuit and just like again it's just weird to like yeah you get three lives a lot of these racing games even i played a little super mario kart and i don't think it comes into play but there's a little like cart logo in the bottom of super mario kart that shows like a cart and then times three and maybe that's like just there for battle mode but it was it was there when i wasn't playing battle mode but, I've uh, actually but anyways, never noticed that. But I don't think you can I've, lose I've a I've definitely cart. noticed it in F-Zero because I've not completed many tr- it's courses. It's so yeah, hard because like, you take damage from hitting the walls. You take damage. And if you, it's hard. if you even like bump another car, I mean, you're going to be because you're going at this breakneck pace. You're just going to be bouncing, like basically pinballing off the walls. Yep. And just taking severe damage. Yep. Um, and you can thankfully on some of the tracks like go over like usually right after the finish line. They have uh, a little the lap pit line. area that, yeah, like, that you regenerates can your health and yeah, and the soundtrack is just banging. Oh, yeah. I love the yep. soundtrack. That soundtrack is awesome. So. Yeah, one of the one of the better Super Nintendo soundtracks for sure. And honestly, uh, a little bit of a bummer. I don't think this one has two players on it, but hmm. um, oh yeah, because that was the thing with that was the difference between F Zero and uh, uh, Super Mario Kart was that. Mario Kart had the split screen so that they could like they ran it at a slower speed so that you could have multiplayer on it. Uh, zero yeah. because it was moving at like the so maximum fast. speed. Like it could only they could only do it in one player. And if right. if I'm not mistaken, that was this a launch yes. title for the Super Nintendo? Yep. It's really Jeez. impressive. Yep. It's um, very impressive as a launch title. Yeah, I mean it holds up with some of the later games that are that are trying to do this kind of like mode seven mm-hmm. style graphics. I don't I don't even know if it's mode seven for sure, but it definitely has I that feel. Um, and it just it has a great sense of speed, which again a lot of these older racing games a lot that doesn't hold up. You know, I, I again even playing a little Super Mario Kart, which again obviously it was made to be a slower pace game, but it really yeah. doesn't have that feel at all. Um, and again, that's not necessarily what they're going for, but it, they nailed it with F zero, like mm-hmm. the music, everything about it just adds to the intensity and, uh, yeah, having a lot of fun playing that. And I, I actually probably with the save point or the suspend points and stuff that you can do on there, I probably will end up seeing oh, all yeah. this game eventually yeah. at some point. So. That's not a bad call with that. And yeah, I just in general, the, the sense of speed in F zero is so impressive because super Nintendo was not known for that. That was a big talking point for the Sega Genesis against the super Nintendo back in the day. Yeah, that yeah. they had these fast paced shmups and whatever else that, hey, yeah, the Super Nintendo can't do that, but it could like F-Zero proved that it was possible if you put the development time into it. Right, right. No, it's a it's a lot of fun. And uh, and just two other games I wanted to mention real quick before we get into maybe a slightly meteor game that you've been playing, John. Hmm. Um, but I and just real quick and especially just because of that added online functionality. Um, there's a uh, Super Tennis and yeah. Super Soccer, which are both developed by Nintendo. 
Uh, Super Soccer is one that I grew up playing. I had as a kid. That was one of the first games I got with my Super Nintendo, and it was like nice. every family reunion, every time there was a birthday party, every time people were at our house, we were all playing a Super Soccer tournament. It's, a, it's one of those games where you kind of control the whole team at once or like chunks of the, you know, if you're running to the left, all the forwards are running to the left at the same time. <laughs> a lot time, of sports games did that back in the day. Yeah and, yeah, it, yeah, and it doesn't have the side view. It's it's more of like a, like, uh, front to back view i get you know you're top you're basically running bottom to top or top to bottom as opposed to left to right if mm-hmm. that makes sense on yeah. the screen um but just it just has a good pace i don't know it just has a good energy to the game another it has a really great soundtrack like each country has its own song oh that's cool. uh associated with it so for that half of the each half that team song will play nice um, that's cool whoever's on whatever side of the field uh, and then Super Tennis is one that uh, both Randall and I have put a ton of time oh, into yeah. playing like some super late nights. And then oh, yeah. I know we've had some late nights at uh, some of my old places like playing with. I think you've played with us before, John. Maybe not. But I know like DJ, Max, Glenn, like I know Max and I have had some crazy late nights playing that game, too. Mm-hmm. So and and Randy and I uh, both played some online just a little bit ago, just uh, while right we were waiting you. for John to get here. So pretty cool to to be able to fire that up although the one thing i'll say it's a little finicky to get into the online games um yeah how were how were you able to do that again randall i forget how what you needed to do yeah you have to go into like online play and then you have to select an option that says something to the effect of like play this game while you wait for your friend Mm. and then that allows your friend to actually find your game when they select online game like you'll be an option in that that kind of lobby box yeah, so you, you you have you have to like pick a game before you can't just open a lobby, invite the person. Like you have to, they have to have a, an active game going, I guess, which is sort of weird. But I'm sure they'll either fix that or if not, it's just a small little yeah finicky aspect that you'll just get used to. So, yeah. but uh, but John, what have you been playing uh on the SNES online service? So I've I've been playing like a lot of the normal games the. Or the, I guess the classic games of the Super Mario World and like Super Metroid games that I've like played a lot and loved a lot. Of course. But one that I was very pleasantly surprised to see uh, that was included in the whole package at the at launch was Breath of Fire, uh, the first in the series. Breath of Fire Two was like my like introduction to RPGs as a genre and is very important to me as a game. And Breath of Fire, I went after playing Breath of Fire 2, I went back and played Breath of Fire, and uh, they're, they're not as uh, bare-bones RPGs as, say, like the original Final Fantasy or like Dragon Quest, but they're still in that era where things are a little obtuse, like <laughs> there are, they're introducing a lot of ambitious mechanics that are kind of hard to understand unless you are either reading a guide or had like <laughs> the prima like walkthrough that you bought at a bookstore. <laughs> um, but I, I, I think that they're really fun games and I'm really glad that I got the opportunity to play like the original breath of fire again. Uh, even if like, at the very beginning of the game, like I was getting poisoned by practically every other enemy and then dying and then losing my gold and then having to just grind out for the first like 30 minutes or so. But the second half, like as soon as I you know, like 
most games, like in the Breath of Fire series, you have Ryu, who's the main character, who's of the Dragon Clan, and there's always Nina, who's one of the, like, she has in the Winged Clan, or Wingalia is usually the city that she's from. And then you meet other, like, I, I think it, a thing that I have always liked about the game is that there are relatively few humans in your party in in the entire series. That's cool. Like uh I just met Bo who is uh the like wolf character and I know like later on there's like a fish man and then there's a naga who is like the like half snake sorceress and I I I just think it's a it's a game that has a lot of charm to it in just how unique it feels as opposed to like Oh, here's your like group of like humans who was four like, teenagers, right? <laughs> so, I, I think like I, yeah. <laughs> so, I, so what what's like the setting? Is it like a fantasy? Yeah, it's a, it's a it's a typical like fantasy RPG. Like there's magic and like you re- wield a sword and like it, it's it's nothing new in terms of. Uh, like the world that you like traverse through, like there's always going to be your fighting wizards and stuff. But I, I just think that it's a very like unique game in the way that it, uh, it looks kind of like the, the world that you in- inhabit. I, I always uh, was really drawn to it and it might be the nostalgia factor of it was a game that was really important to me when I was a kid. But I, I, I think it's a, a really fun RPG and I was really glad to see it. And I hope that because it's one of the, you know, it's out there before um, Chrono Trigger or right. any of our Final Fantasy six. Right. Yeah, like I think some it's of the that. only like JRPG offering at the moment. So right. hopefully people will check that it out. That is kind of cool yeah. for it. It gives it the spotlight for a second. That is cool. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited for people to try it and hopefully Capcom like RPG, no less. Yeah. yeah. And, and it, I do know what you're saying about the art style. Like I, 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 I maybe I'm sure some of the nostalgia carries over, but I I think it does. It doesn't just look like a square RPG. It definitely has like a different character to it. Yeah. Um, a different like color palette and a different just has a different style to it. Yeah. They, yeah. They always seemed like brighter games than the other RPGs of the time. Yeah. Which nice. I always liked. Nice. Nice. Well. I guess we can pretty much wrap that up there. We've obviously there's 20 new games on the on the SNES uh, or 20 games from the SNES available on the online service on the Switch. If you are a subscriber to that, definitely worth checking some of these out. And uh, one one feature again to just hammer home that suspend feature. One of the things I love about that is like getting through the opening chunk of a game like Link to the Past. Like I can just get through all the yeah. slow opening thing sus- create a suspend suspend point right there so like even if i'm not in the mood to keep playing it right then or if i just want to hey if i ever play this game again i can just start right at the actual beginning of the game that's a really good through. call yeah yeah just skip through some of the tedium of the beginning of the game that so. makes it a lot more accessible especially for an rpg or so i mean i don't know what the pace of the beginning of breath of fire is like but yeah. you know I- i'm sure it can help cut some of that out it you is know. funny to think about because, like, I I used like the suspend points almost like, like all the time when I was playing like the NES titles. But as soon as like the SNES titles came and most of them have save points in the games, I was like, 
I stopped using the suspend point, but I I should honestly pick it back up. Yeah, because it's just like you can it just does exactly make it so much easier. Off. It just yeah. streamlines. It's it's just like I know I've mentioned this on the podcast before, but it's like when me and my brother would just leave the NES on yep. all night <laughs> and overnight so that we could pick up where we left off in the morning. So right, it's just like doing that, but without having to leave your power running all night. Yep. So. Or yeah. having to leave the the Super Nintendo in like the idle state on your Switch, leaving that open. Now yep. you can save state that, close right. it, so you can open up Chasm or a whatever game, game and yeah. play that. Right, right. Yeah, so I'm I'm definitely a big big supporter of that feature. So yeah, and I think they did add a couple of other just small features of like you can rearrange the games alphabetically or by the t- anyways, just some just some nice quality of life features on both the NES and the Super Nintendo. Uh, application or whatever so definitely excited to dig into more and excited to see uh what what they bring next because there's definitely there's a nice selection but a nice there's definitely some games missing as well yeah so more than a few so but anyways uh i've been playing a bunch of space games lately and i'm kind of gonna gonna leave gonna end up on one but I've, i've dipped into or dipped back into one and started up another one but i'll start with uh the kind of refresher here, and I, I just played a little more No Man's Sky, which I talked about. I picked it up right after, uh, or right when they announced, or right right around the time that Beyond or the 2.0 yeah, update the was coming out. And so last time I talked about it on the podcast, I had played through most of the tutorial, or so I thought. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but so I, I'm on my. I think I you know I restarted the game after I thought I had some kind of glitch where I just landed on some super hostile plan, and it turns out. That that's just how the game starts, and you're supposed to learn, hey, these are the survival mechanics of the game. So I got through that chunk, uh, and then just recently in my last playthrough, was able to go scavenge for all the rest of the parts to re- repair my ship or all the things that I needed to craft the parts for my ship, ship or whatever. And then so I got that all prepared, and I was like, okay, this game's about to open up sweet, and I get in the ship, and it's awesome. Like, the way that you fly, when I'm zooming from one planet, I, I flew from one planet to another, and it was awesome. Like, and it shows like you're aiming at the planet that you're that you're flying towards. Yeah. And it straight up says like, and I'm going at like full speed, and it's like this is going to take 30 minutes to <laughs> fly there. Like it's showing, and then you can go into speed burst, and that cuts it down to maybe 20, mm-hmm. and then you can go into like hyperdrive, and it just like goes, it just Spool you know the up. stars are zooming past you, and it's like now it's like 45 seconds, but nice. it still feels <laughs> like like you're. It feels, it feels intense. Tangible. Like, yeah, you're like zooming. In. And one thing I'll say, I know, you know, there's all this talk about the HD rumble on the Switch. <laughs> I, I will say that the the rumble on the PlayStation 4 DualShock controller is so superior to the to the <laughs> Nintendo rumble. Whether you're playing Pro Controller, Joy-Con, it's, it is like a tangible, like that controller, like when something is shaking, I mean, your hands are like shaking and we're like the, the Joy-Cons and the, the Pro Controller just like, vibrate it's almost like it makes my hands numb over time yeah. depending on the game but yeah. I, I really actually strongly dislike the hd rumble um but that's that's beside the point but i really that the dual the only reason i brought it up is because the the dual shock was really adding to that like holy shit is this ship gonna hold together especially because i just finished building it you know <laughs> and uh that is really cool so it, it felt great and it and it still is just I've gotta get VR. I gotta get <laughs> VR for this. But but anyway, so is there I a chance that your ship could break down going into the like hyperdrive? Or I like don't know. light mode? 
I don't know. I mean, I, I, I suppose there's definitely a chance that maybe your if your stuff isn't repaired, right. that, probably not in this scenario that I was in. Sure. But uh, but maybe later in the game, you know. Yeah. Um, but uh, but anyway, so I land on this planet and it's a little different and I'm exploring around and now I'm basically in the tutorial of now building my base on this new planet. So I, I got about halfway through that and I was just like, OK, I, I, this is a lot of learning. I'm not quite ready for this just yet, so I'll, I'll keep updating No Man's Sky as we go. And once I'm really excited to get into the meat of this game, but because I uh, what's there and some of the experiences I've had while playing so far have been really immer- like I hate to use it's such a cheesy word to use, but it's been so immersive. Like I've really, um, I just wanna I want I'm looking for that space adventure game. You know, yeah, I, sure. I've mentioned before on the podcast I really love Star Trek and and just in general I, I tend to gravitate towards sci-fi stuff in general yeah um and uh, yeah i just i'm always looking for that like adventure that makes me feel like i'm i'm adventuring through space you know something that's gonna give me those feelings i'm having with chasm but in outer space you know i, right. I just really like that fantasy in my head so um so i ended up signing up for yet another subscription service and i signed up for the xbox game pass and i'm doing it actually on my pc i got a new laptop that is by no means a powerful gaming pc but Apparently powerful enough to play some some pretty decently demanding games. So I, I played a little uh, Astroneer as well. Nice. Um, which is pretty similar to No Man's Sky and what I've played so far. Different art style, but sort of similar in, in some regards, but a little more on like the low poly side and a little more like, I don't know if it's cell shaded per se, but it has a little bit of that feel to it. Um, but uh, it feels some of the aspects like the terrain tool and some of the things that you get at feel a little more natural and like the interface is really like you you carry this pack around on your back and you're like you can like pull it off and everything feels really tangible but it's also kind of confusing until i'm sure once you get to know what everything does and is but but it had a really similar feel to the no man's sky uh opening of just like man there is a lot to learn about this game and a lot of crafting and a lot of survival and you, you got to make these tether lines that you know supply you with oxygen and I'm kind of into just that, a little, though. That sounds kind of appealing. Oh, yeah. It it definitely is. And that Astroneer was, to be honest, one of the games that definitely piqued my interest for trying out this Game Pass, uh, which, for what it's worth, I've signed up for the first month for a dollar, and then Man. I think a dollar a month, and then I think it's five bucks a month after that, at least for the time being. So That's crazy for um, as many games as are, are available on Game Pass. It's, it's Yeah, nuts. I mean, I... I downloaded probably 30 or 40 games. And the nice thing about this is you are actually downloading these games. You're not streaming them. You right. just, you know, you you won't have access to them if you don't, if you stop paying for Game Pass. But you have them like uh, you have the file, you know, the program running off your computer as opposed to streaming it from some server or something. Right. Um, so that really appealed to me because I have tried the PlayStation Now service before. And it's a little laggy or a little, you know, there's just, it's a, it's just noticeable that it's not playing smoothly, you know. Agreed. And these, I, I've had just no issues playing uh, either Astroneer or the other game that I ended up digging into, which is definitely different, but it's given me a little bit of that space fix that I'm looking for. And I've been playing a lot of Void Bastards. Yeah, this game um, looks really good. Astroneer also looked really good, but... Yeah, and I, I definitely am excited to play more. I got to pretty much the same point. I like was getting ready to repair my ship and take off the planet, and it was like, okay, 
let's take a break and come back to this when I'm like when I'm ready for that experience because it just I just wasn't in the right frame of mind. Yeah. But uh, Void Bastards is yet another uh, roguelike title to some capacity. And you're basically it's got a really great uh, art style. That's what caught my eye about this game, because it is a first person shooter, which is I know I've talked about super hot. And maybe another shooter at some point on the podcast, but like I usually, if if they catch my eye, it's because it's something like super hot that's like unique and style different. And yeah, and this has <laughs> definitely got like a and no no question about it, very cell shaded graphical style that's made to almost look like comic books. And this is right. from one of the one of the developer leads of Bioshock and System Shock Two. Yeah, um, I forget I forget his name, but he uh, he's like the lead of this game and. Uh, Essentially, you, you're going in with like really, you know, it has a lot of those Bioshock elements where everything's kind of responding to the environment or you can set traps and everything interacts with one another. You know, you walk over some oil and now you're slipping all over the place and there's, there's just everything's just very um, like, like a lot of these roguelike titles, like everything plays you know, like the enemies can harm each other. So if you're, you know, one enemy shooting at you from a distance or like a turret, you can kind of lure an enemy out in front of them or just like a, a lot of a lot, a lot more strategy to it than That's a typical cool. shooter because you're almost every door you can go in and lock it behind you and the enemies cannot mm. unlock yeah. doors at least none of none of the ones that i've experienced so far but essentially the loop of this game and it, and it will say it does suffer a little bit from that like you have to play a handful of runs to gather supplies, to craft new weapons, to like to make it to where like, OK, my playthroughs are now meaningful. Right. Because I actually have stuff kind of like Rogue Legacy. Right. Or games that we've you talked about in the podcast the in the past. Like, yeah, yeah you're probably I mean, you you probably can if you're really good. But I, I suck at shooters. And this game is hard. And it I don't there's it's hard to explain why, because there's not like an onslaught of enemies, typically at least. But. There's all kinds of cool stuff where, like, sometimes you go to, like, you you have, like, a star chart that you pick your path and you you gather, like, so basically you you raid ships. It plays out similarly to, like, something like FTL almost, uh, which I've actually never played, but just the general, like, structure of the game, like, you're, or maybe, maybe FTL is not, or Heat Signature is the game I'm thinking mm. of, sorry, um, but you're basically, like, landing on these ships and then raiding them for supplies and food and fuel and then you're taking that stuff to your star map and you have every sandwich you find is one day worth of food and every <laughs> uh, gasoline tank you find is one day worth of fuel. So sometimes you can say so you'll travel from one node to the next and you can kind of pick your path kind of like Star Fox, you know, and you're picking your path and you, you say and it'll show you like this ship is going to have enemies have half health because there's infighting on this ship and nice. yeah. the power the power's out. So you have to restore the power or all the lights are out. Or all the uh, enemy or like all the doors are unlocked and you can't lock them like mm. the, the grid is fried or something. There's wow. all kinds of different modifiers. And then you have kind of cool. similar to Rogue Legacy. Again, every character has like they might be colorblind or they might cough every once in a while and mm. alert enemies or yeah. they, might, <laughs> um, they might have extra health. They might have low health. They might have. You know, what any number of, you know, qualifiers to their uh, or they might be able to see enemies on the mini map or nice whatever. So you can but you can you're basically like raiding these ships. There's different areas and you always know, like, OK, this uh, this generator room always has the power supply and you can look at the mini map, but you can't. It's always going to be different and it's always going to 
you know, you can sometimes like you, you have a limited oxygen supply as well. So you're under the gun on each ship. You have about seven minutes and then you can upgrade that or you can upgrade it on each ship and double that timer. Nice. Um, there's, it's just, mm. it's got all kinds of really cool mechanics and, and it does once you get over that initial hump of like, you've crafted a few weapons cause like everything's sparse, you know, you're low on ammo, you're low on weapons, but now I have like three different guns and then secondary weapons and this and that. And you can, every ship you land on, you're taking a new loadout with you. Yeah. So you can like, okay, I used all my bullets. Now I'm going to use my staple gun for the next, you know, <laughs> the next ship or whatever. Or, you know, I might, you can even travel and like, let's say you're bulked up on food and you're like, you know what? I'm low on health. You can rest for a day and have you consume food, but you don't have to actually land on the ship just yet. You can just wait and okay. I need to regain a health. I have a lot of extra food right now. So it's got a lot of strategy, a, like a ton of strategy. I, I shouldn't say a ton. That's a little strong maybe, but there's a lot of thought going into like, how do I want to approach this room? Or like, Hey, there's the main of objective or there's one valuable item on this ship that I know I can get, but maybe I'm just going to let it go. Maybe yeah, I'm just wow. going to set. So there is like a, you know, we, we love our risk reward we on this sure podcast, do. or at least I do. Um, and yeah, and it has that very just tangible feeling of like, do I want to go for that last room? Like I see there's a lot of loot in there, yes, but go for mm-hmm. it. I also see some heavy enemies and I don't know if I'm going to be able to plow through them. Yeah. But yeah, I'm, I'm kind of that, like I, I want to get everything go on the for ship. it. <laughs> but, um, and it's cool. Like even the, so the, the containers and stuff that you're unlocking or typically where you're finding items, like sometimes they're just on the floor or after you kill an enemy. But sometimes or most of the time they're in these like cabinets or lockers or whatever that have like a they're lit up green and they're every now and then they're locked and you have to spend like your merit points that you can also find throughout the ships and stuff. And you start with a certain amount uh, to unlock those. But if like the power to the ship is down, which again, sometimes even I think enemies, if you alert too many enemies or the wrong enemy or something, they can shut the ship down and then you can't open it like the power. They're powered doors i guess so you hmm. you can't and when the power's out you can't lock the doors right. you can't it, so it's it, it adds a lot of strategy and a lot of like throws a lot of curveballs into the mix both in the sense of just how different each ship is and each like there's different just like you're landing on these like luxury cruise ships um spaceships that is i keep saying ships and i i feel like i haven't mentioned space in yeah. a while but like yeah these luxury cruise ships that always have like more food and more supplies but nice. don't typically have a ton of enemies but you're never going to find like or not typically going to find like the super valuable stuff but you're going to get the supplies you need you know right so there i don't know there's a lot going on and again i just love the art style it's a, like for again for a game that's relatively violent you know you're just shooting mowing down enemies but they're all like kind of these mutant it's very sci-fi um you know it, it just doesn't it's not a lot of gore per se right you know? that it's helps like, with it's that. very comic booky yep. yeah um it's it's mature but it's you know it's it doesn't uh it doesn't like get off on that i guess which is right. always nice nice so i think i found uh at least for the time being my space adventure game because again it, it really does feel like you're like going on these missions and like okay i gotta just get what i can get and even when you die you know you can you know you're keeping all those supplies so you are chip you are playing for a purpose and it again it it took me maybe half hour to an hour to get over that hump of both figuring out what the game is doing in the loop of the game but also to get to where 
I had enough supplies to make it feel like I had a chance. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I don't I don't know. It, I wouldn't say it, that hinders the experience, but just know that going in that you might you might have to just hack through the first hour or so. Yeah. But well, I'm glad that you found your space adventure game because <laughs> I found my space adventure game. Nice. With a uh, risk of rain, too. Yes. We and we've played some of this together. So oh, I'm yeah. excited to talk. But why don't you take the lead? Because you've played far more than I have. So, far. <laughs> yeah. And so risk of rain, Two was the sequel to the indie title risk of rain, um, which was a 2D action platformer uh, roguelike. Yeah. And we talked about it, I think, way back on you said episode four, Randall, I think. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so that that is a game where it's it's. Uh, randomized levels where you are gaining, uh, you're killing enemies and you're gaining gold and you're using that gold to unlock items which give you various power-ups. And the main difference with Risk of Rain 2 is that they've translated that experience as a 2D action platformer to a 3D, like, shooter. Like, third-person shooter, yeah. Yeah, and I was really interested in it, um... Mostly just because I I thought that was a really interesting way for a sequel to evolve in this yeah. day and age. Usually, if you're making a series like I that transition for like Mario from like 2D to 3D was a huge step. Oh yeah, but like uh, you don't usually see titles make that leap anymore. Yeah, that was like pr- almost like just out of necessity of like right. hey, we need to just make a 3D technology. version. Yeah, yeah. So I was really interested to see, especially for an indie developer, like how like that was going to change the like core mechanics of the game that I, I really enjoyed. I loved Risk of Rain, the original, um, beat it a couple times, only unlocked like a few characters. Like I there was a ton of that game that even though I played it a lot, I didn't access a lot of it. Um, yeah, there's like 12 different characters or something in the yeah. first one, which is awesome. Um, but so for the th- second game, they made, they translated it into a 3d game and I was amazed at how many of the skills that I had from the first title just translated directly over wow. to the second title. Like, it feels like almost the same game, which wow. is incredible. That's insane. Like, the, it feels so tight. Yeah, and the only, like honestly the only difference is like I was able to play the first one even though it would get super crazy and overwhelming like you you could kind of hunker down and like just zen out with that game in mm-hmm. a weird way where this game because it is like third person shooter and you do have to there's a little more twitchiness to it with just the nature of aiming with the you know, aiming with the joystick, you know? But uh, but otherwise, I mean, your abilities feel almost identical. Are, are they are identical, but yeah. feel as useful and as identical um, to the first game with at least some of these characters. There are some new characters too, I think. But yeah, um, and, and like the another thing that I really like about the game is that like they have trans like moved almost all of the abilities that were in the original title over to the second one. So like you'll get an item that if you're motionless, like then you'll start to regenerate health faster or you have a chance with every attack to launch a missile or every attack has the chance of like causing chain lightning that will damage other enemies. So like the whole progression of the game is killing enemies to get gold, get gold to unlock these items and then once you've basically like uh, as you've explored a level and you've gained as many items as you want or as you can, then you go to a teleporter and you start the teleporter and that will summon the boss of the level. 
and you have to defeat the boss and charge the teleporter up to 100% in order to move on to the next level. And so that usually starts this whole like wave of enemies that you're using all the items that you've gathered up, that you've grown stronger through the level. And like it, it incentivizes you to explore and to engage with as many enemies as possible. But as you're doing this, also, the uh, there is a difficulty slider that the longer that you are progressing through the levels, the harder it gets. Oh, geez. So the, the, the easy mode will like have it as a much slower, like you can have a lot more time elapsed before it moves from easy to medium. Whereas monsoon is the like the hard high, hardest one. And it just zips through difficulty levels. Yeah. Like, Cause even on normal, whatever the normal difficulty mm-hmm. setting is, it's, it is, D- difficult is, yeah <laughs> i mean it is it, and it's meant to be that way but uh but i was me and you played uh john online uh, i was curious about how this worked yeah. and it works pretty smooth uh yeah. you know i don't think we had any real like lag issues nice. or anything like that i will say oh, when, when you get to the incredibly higher like difficulty levels like they're just spawning enemies non-stop <laughs> and we're playing on the switch yeah because uh, this game has been in early access on, on PC yeah, for, for about a, a year, maybe yeah. maybe not quite that long, but for a while, yeah. And it still sort of is in early access. I mean, yeah. it didn't say that specifically, but there's clearly like little logos in the game, like where the characters are. Like, here's three wrenches that are like in development. We're going to have more characters here eventually. Wow. Yeah, so. and same with more items as well. So I'm I'm very excited. Like I've. Uh, like been playing with you like i've unlocked almost all every character except one and i'm very excited for like that and like however long like in a year or like two like there might be three new characters yeah or maybe more and right how cool is that yeah i'm i'm so excited to be able to like come back to this game and have it have so much new stuff like at at some point down the line right yeah and one one nice touch too that i that this game has over the first one and it's just a small aesthetic thing but um to me always makes a difference is like as you're picking up these different perks and items like your character actually like carries or like has like a a new like pack that they're wearing or a new thing strapped to their That's arm like cool. at your your character's uniform you know um, unfortunately in chasm you know you get all these cool things that you build and make and craft for yourself but your character always looks the same besides but the it weapon always, it, yeah it's yeah it's the only thing that changes yeah so that always feels satisfying like hey when you get a new gold helm and right, you yeah. actually wear it your character actually has it on or you get some and some of these are crazy you know you, you look crazy pretty like, bonkers like, yeah just later on yeah these like claw arms like <laughs> reaching off your back and like there's all kinds of crazy stuff but it it just looks cool like you're just like holy shit i have a lot and all the abilities like stack yeah you know if you get the speed bird or like increases your run speed or your sprint speed like you can get, if you get it again instances. you just keep or if you get the double jump if you keep getting it yeah. oh now you have a triple jump yeah. or a quadruple <laughs> okay. jump so everything just stacks uh oh, i my, think infinitely yeah like uh, one of my like you'll only uh, you'll never get more than four or five probably but. right i've done uh a couple of runs where like the maximum number of items i have is in like the 20s or so but there is there are also like different shrines that you can interact with that have like some of them summon enemies some of them are like a chance to give you an item but one of my favorite i think it's called the optimizer or the streamliner or something. And what it does is it counts the maximum number of items that you have. And then it picks either like two or three of those items. And it totals the entire, like it st- 
extra like so if you have like 20 items like you'll have 10 of these two items so you'll just instead of having a wide range of abilities you'll just have these two abilities at like a god tier (laughs) just maxed out yeah so like well i had a run where i had like a bunch of items and i went to that shrine but then uh like i basically lost all of my offensive abilities and it was super late in the game but what i did have was i had the teddy bear which gives you a chance for the enemies to miss damage so i was basically just fighting a boss hoping that they were just going to miss like 90 percent of their attacks (laughs) yeah oh god it's it's such a fun like way to like really like change up how your play style because right. even there was another uh, one of the first runs I did on the game, like one of the achievements was there's a 3D printer where you put an item in and it will give you back whatever item it's displaying. But it's a random what you don't get to choose which uh, power up you're putting in. Yeah, you can't say like, oh, I don't want my double jump. So I'm going to get rid of that and trade it for this. Right. It, so you you're just at the mercy away of a random. Yeah. And and I was just trying to get uh, like an achievement, which was, I think it was called maybe just one more where you put seven items into the 3D, the same 3D printer. And what I ended up doing was I ended up getting a really powerful, like stacking uh, the med kit, which uh, gives you a delay heal every time you take damage. Nice. So for the majority of the and like I had basically written off this run because I was like, ah, I'll just get this achievement at the very least before I die. But I, I ended up getting because I had so much of that ability stacked up like Every damage that was done to me, I was healing for more than I was getting oh, damage. Wow. <laughs> so I basically, like, I didn't, Hit me. like, yeah, I didn't get to, like, the, like, uh, like, maximum level of difficulty, but I got incredibly far in, like, a very early run in the game. Wow. Yeah. And it was just so fun to, like, see every level and just do so many different things. And the levels are, are a little, to me, a little cooler than they are in the two, like, Everything in the 2D in the original game is like everything's the perspective super zoomed out and mm-hmm. everything's just very minimally detailed, right. which I do. I do like that style. And this this does carry over some of the minimalist, like everything's pretty like flatly shaded or like um, there's like four textures. Yeah. In the level, limited but, polygons. But it and looks stuff. great. Like they, and they're, they're a little it's more really lived in again. Done. Like there's like, you know, the little snow base with like the fence with the barbed wire yeah. around it. Just like little touches that like this feels like a space that exists in, to some degree mm-hmm. as opposed to like, I don't know, on, in the first game, it just felt like these are just r- it it felt more like it was just some random tile sets. You yeah. Know? Oh, okay. And and every level is like a set arena. Like it doesn't change. Like the only thing that changes is the placement of items of throughout like that. Like the treasure chests and the little capsules and stuff. Yeah. Right. So like that, that layout's never going to be the same from time to time. But like, you know, like, okay, this path is always going to lead up to this area. And like it, it you after you've done a few runs, you really get to learn each level and the layouts of stuff. And it's it, it feels really good to like explore those like different 3d arenas yeah i agree i agree and i will say that uh i had been playing on normal up until i played with uh john i think i played one random match with someone online and they set it to the easy difficulty but uh once john had mentioned like hey really the only difference is like that difficulty slider that just progresses with time right uh just moves slower so like it it was able to give me at least a little more of that taste of that like kind of zen experience that i was talking about with the first game because like 
at least for the first level, you don't have to just like beeline and like just find whatever I can find in the first five minutes and then find the portal and activate it and go. You know, because that you are a little bit in a crunch if you're even if you're playing on normal. Where like on easy, all it really did was just let us explore the level at more of our pace for the first level or two. But I mean, we were getting, and I think playing two players, it seemed like it was spawning like three of every boss when we would oh, get yeah. to the, activate the boss battle. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can play up to four players online on this, which is another. That's really I don't cool. think there's. Yeah, and that that was the big selling point with me. Like, I knew John was going to get it. Oh, yeah. I'm assuming you're going to get it at oh, some yes. point, Randall. Oh, yes, I will be buying this. Getting that physical copy. Oh, yes. Um, and I think I, I've been talking to DJ here and there about it, and he's he's keeps saying, like, I think I'm going to get Risk Arena, too. <laughs> I think I'm going to get I know John's been t- texting him a little bit. He's at oh, least yeah. mentioned it to me a couple times. So <laughs> I think that game is going to be uh, something that we will continue to also follow up with. Because uh, there are some, like, characters that are really interesting in the mechanics because every character controls basically so completely different each one each so character cool. has like four different abilities that goes so a like, long way yeah and like some of them i'm like oh i don't like playing this as like a single player experience but i can totally see how this would be a great support character or like i would love to like just play with like a group of people where this is like the character that i'm playing with yeah I, I'm very curious to play more of this online, both with you and hopefully once everybody gets it, we can do some four player, uh, maybe even stream some if Heck we yeah. Uh, yeah. get up to it. So let's do it. Haven't done any streaming in a while. So, yeah, that'd be that'd be a lot of fun. And I'm just definitely looking forward to playing more of this game. It's it's a lot of fun. You have to be up for a challenge. I will say yep. that's just like it. I wouldn't just get it based on, oh, this game looks cool. Like you, you got to be you got to be in the mood to play it. You got to be up for it. But there's, but when there's you're no in the shame mood. of playing it on Drizzle. That's, <laughs> exactly. That's what I do. Exactly. It does make it a slightly more, at least for me, enjoyable experience. So, oh, yeah. And I, I've just turned into that kind of gamer. Like, whatever settings I can put it on or whatever I can do to make my gaming experience more fun for me. Of course. That's that's how it needs to be. You know, if it needs yeah. to be it's your leisure, leisure mode. Yeah, if it, yeah, it's exactly. It's like I'm relaxing. I sometimes don't want to. Like, I, I love playing challenging hard games. You know, we've talked about Celeste, Super Meat Boy, all these crazy platformers and stuff. But sometimes I just want to play. I want to think as much as I think when I play Stardew Valley, you know, yeah, <laughs> which yep. is basically not at all. Yep. All right. Yeah. So I think that pretty much does it for Risk of Rain 2 for now. But I think we'll be coming back to this one in the future. I know you and I will be playing more of this, John. And, uh, We'll hopefully play some more with Randall and DJ once they uh, get their grubby mitts on it. So <laughs> for, for sure, sure. <laughs> absolutely. But uh, but I think we could pretty much wrap up the episode there this week as well, guys. Uh, uh, I talked about a bunch of cool games, little throwback action, little uh, hell yeah, little new action. I don't know, mm-hmm. all over the place. But excited to uh, play some more of these and to talk some more games uh, in a little bit. I think we're gonna stick around and do a little twofer again today. So John's gonna join us again next week. And uh, in the meantime, for the month of uh, September, we'll be playing Katana Zero, and we'll be talking about that on the uh, last episode of the month. Sometimes they end up coming out on the first episode of the following month. We'll figure that out, uh, what day that'll actually land on once we get there. But uh, yeah, we'll be playing some Katana Zero, and uh, we'll look forward to talking about that as well. But until uh, next week, we will uh, catch you guys next time. Take care. Bye-bye. Yeah. I mean, there. I, I when I when I first looked up that game, it was like basically like for all you OCD people out there, <laughs> this is this is the game for you. Organizing things. 
Yeah. To like just chill music. Nice. What the fuck is <laughs> these shots, man? I don't know. You're just not very good at this game, I guess. I, I guess not. I lost my touch. 